0: Before we begin this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on new episodes. Welcome back to Fan Wonderland, and it's time to fall down the rabbit hole with us again. I'm TJ, and today we have with us our first Australian producer, Tristan Barr. If you're not aware of Tristan, then you're about to be. Despite having multiple acting credits to his name, including Australian miniseries Gallipoli, Tristan is very much known a lot more currently as a director and producer. Tristan joins us today to chat about his upcoming paranormal Australian comedy, He's producing alongside Connor Fairclough. cursed. Welcome, Tristan, and thank you for giving up your time to chat with us today.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me.
0: Firstly, what inspired you to get into producing and directing?
1: Well, I actually I started as an actor, as you said, uh, quite a few years ago, um, and I graduated from the Victorian College of Arts in Melbourne. Um in their, their acting three-year course. Uh, and I actually was, I acted in a film which I won't name, but the director um, started to have uh, kind of mental breakdowns as we were shooting. So me and this other actor started kind of directing ourselves in the film. And um, the film ended up being quite a successful film, Um And that basically spurred me on and gave me the self-belief that I could kind of be behind the camera as well. So uh, that's kind of what drove me into directing and producing. And from there, um, yeah, I've done a few features and um, TV shows. Uh, So, yeah, I feel like I'm only just beginning though.
0: I feel like a lot of people often think directing and producing are the same thing. Would you like to explain the difference of what that is for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so uh, directing is basically the uh, the creative behind um, behind the story. So they basically are in charge of the actors and the writing and what actually gets shot on screen, the cinematography. They they're basically in charge of everything. Um, the producer is basically the person who makes it happen, who, who provides the money who organises the crew, the cast, um, and uh, basically the, the middleman for the product to the marketplace.
0: So you're pretty much like the manager, in effect, and then the director's like the you know, national manager, I suppose you could say, in that sort of regard. Yeah. Whereas you're in charge yeah. of the entire team, and then they sort of show up, but they tell you what to do, so to speak.
1: Well, that's well. I mean, I suppose the uh, the directors, best way to look at it is the directors more creative, and the producer, I suppose, is more the business mind behind the product.
0: Okay, I think I think that'll help Mm. quite a few listeners Mm. to figure out the difference because I think they're often blurred, particularly like you know when it comes to like media and doing press and stuff. It's often blurred between the two, and it's just sort of bundled all under the one.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, and it's interesting because it, I think there are a lot of directors um, who are producers and vice versa.
0: Yeah, and so what inspired you to get on board with Cursed? Uh,
1: well, basically, uh, Connor Fairglow, the, the director and writer, approached me um, with a concept and um, I thought it had really good potential. Um Uh, There there wasn't, like, any sort of horror comedies within Australia um, and particularly nothing as apathetic as what Connor's vision was. Um, And it also was a really kind of cool idea to have each uh, new episode was a new horror icon. So um, I just like the idea of shooting in different horror styles and having different kind of iconic characters throughout.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's why that was, again, uh, coincidentally something I mentioned before before we started, too, was that there was there's really nothing like it that we've had in Australia, because, as I mentioned to you, we've had, you know, like the crude funny, we've had the Catherine Kim funny, but we've never really had a, like a horror-based paranormal comedy as such that's, you know, mm. attempting to be scary... Then is incredibly funny in the process. And so I think that's mm-hmm. that, might, that might just separate it from the rest, which is really good because that's, that's what I'm trying to – that's why I'm wanting to cover this sort of thing on the podcast because Australia in general – and obviously I've said this to a few American guests we've had – and it's not a reflection on the industry, I don't think, but we tend to put out some really hit-and-miss shitty content and we're, like, yep. we've got more Australian content on our screens than Australian. And, like, for anyone listening, like, if you, think, if you really think about it, you think about how many Australian shows that everyone talks about and loves here, you know, like Game of Thrones, you know, The Good Doctor, all stuff like that. And yet most of the Australian stuff is generally home and away, which everyone's aware of and some people aren't a big fan of, or Neighbours, which are, most of them are soap operas or dramas or whatever you have it and we haven't really got something in this sort of niche where it actually really works and might actually be able to do that i mean i feel like it'd be more of a sbs or abc slot or if you know one of the rival seven or nine went for it and decided to go yeah let's let's go a bit edgy and risky and go something because i'm pretty sure there's so sort of fucks dropped in the fir- in the pilot, if I m- remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. and so and yes, so that's fair. something I notice Southern Cross in a lot. Stay away from, but like put it in mm. the nine thirty mm. slot or something, because I mean mm. that's have you been paying attention? Sits in an eight thirty slot and does it quite nicely and drops swearing fairly often. So yeah, it's mm. not like it's something that wouldn't work. It's a matter of finding the right fit that works, mm. and I feel mm. like that's where a lot of us fall down, or they try to be too edgy, and I think one that comes to mind is specific Heat, I think it was, it was something 10 try to get off the ground like a knockoff of Archer, but it went, okay. it went too far, I think, on the controversial side, and really pushed it and offended everyone, and so it ended up crashing and burning. And so I think it finds this nice tone, like Hurst seems to do from what I've seen as a pilot,
1: mm-hmm. which for those
0: listening, we will link in the description. It is on YouTube at the moment as well as a short, which we'll get to shortly. Excuse the pun. But that's <laughs> something that is that's sorely lacking at the moment where we don't have a show in America where someone in America goes, oh, I love this Australian show. Like, if you think about it, we talk more about Game of Thrones and everything here. But if you go mm. to America, they, they probably could name an Australian show that's really popular over there. I mean, I mm. think, have you been paying attention is getting there? But we're coming to non-reality based ones, you know, like mm, non-reality mm. game shows and so on. I don't think anyone in America could really name an Australian series that's done really well. I mean, Catching Incident was there, Clever Man was there. Yep, I mean, yep. I'm very picky when it comes to Australian because I want to mm. see us do well. I want us to see, you know, us come out with a really good project that mm. rivals that of the US. That mm, mm. You know, like a, obviously the Flash and everything's based off comic book properties and so on. But you yep. like you got the CWs pumping out this original content, it's based off novels or what have you, and that was that was why I love the Catching Instant because it was not only was it based in the state I live in, and like places I know from childhood, it was also the story was solid even if they did a horrible cliffhanger ending. But mm. they, they used like the star power of Elizabeth Bicky. they then got the Australian names like Matthew Neves, and like quite a bundle of other Australian actors that I know of. And so mm, I think there was mm. that sort of essence in the the fact that we had a solid Australian series that not only premiered Dark Mofo, which, you know, that's sort of the draw card to Tasmania for most international people, is Mona. And that's what getting yep, And yep. the festival premiered it. And I think we got it on Fox Hill shortly after. And it's just, I believe, gotten to the US and UK, I think. And so if it's something like that we can do consistently works, then we might be looking better. But see, Clever Man, I don't think it's coming back. And that was another good yeah. series that really, I think, went over well in America because that had had indigenous r- themes and references, reference to the Dreamtime. See, for me, that was both educational and intriguing because as Australians, there's not really many sci-fi shows that we've put out. Coincidentally, no, The right. Incident and Clever Man are two of the ones that come to mind that were really good and really solid.
1: Mm-hmm. Sadly, both
0: of them aren't exactly coming back in Ari. And yep. I think there's yep. a plan of Season 2 of The Catching Incident, but because of Elizabeth's oh, schedule... It? Well, I think yeah, there was right. so much fan backlash over the cliffhanger ending that they're pretty much like the fans as a man in Season 2, so we're going to do it. But I think it's their okay. opinion around Elizabeth's schedule, which... I guess that's the sort of sacrifice you make when you've got the star power there, I suppose. Yeah. Which is yeah. part of the yeah. part of the issue. I mean, which works on Marvel and everything, it's probably going to be a bit hard to get it back. But yeah. that's, that sort of seems to be an issue with Australia is for Huge some issue. reason we haven't got the funding behind it or either that our government's too pointless to actually do anything about it. And, yeah. you know, yeah. put it towards... Because uh, I've, not, I've noted to several guests so far Hobart doesn't have an international film festival of any sort. I don't think the mainland may have one, but, like, here we've got BOFA, which is for students, I believe, the My State Festival, which, again, is for students. We don't actually have, like, an adult-submitted one where, say, I could create one and submit it, unless I'm in university or college or high school or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it seems to be a big issue that no one's realised here that I'm trying to work on getting in front of someone because mm-hmm. we've got no film festival here and yet there's several films I come across with guests that I go, that would be awesome here. Like, there's an LGBT film that I love. would love to get it here in front of Tassie, which a lot of people, weirdly, forget even exists. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's a whole crowd of people here that would appreciate that sort of film, whether yep. that be Dark for or whatnot. That's, that's something that's sorely lacking
1: I mean, mm. on top
0: of the mental health funding, but that's a topic for another podcast.
1: Totally, um, totally. But totally. The, yeah. see,
0: that's the sort of thing we don't see in films either or TV is like or the mental health side of things. That's another thing we don't see. And it seems to be a bit of a issue that there's not creative outlets for artists such as myself or yourself to be able to do mm. things like that with the backing that's that like, America's got.
1: That's right, yeah it is there is a real issue in terms of um, the funding, and I mean everything now is kind of cast driven in terms of films um, even it's kind of TV is a bit different um, in terms of cast, but p- people you know that's how they sell products, but we need some some more incentives to getting Australians to work within the Australian industry. Um, that's definitely a key issue. Uh, and that the thing is, it's like um, there's no real system in terms of getting cast members except for uh, calling up, you know, the agency and trying to kind of build relationships with them um, and, yeah, working amongst these actors' schedules. I mean... Uh, you know, you look at all the A-listed Australians. You know, they rarely do Australian stuff, um, and you know that that is a bit of a, a bit of a problem because we need like we need those guys to to come back and and kind of um, you know uh, try and inspire the industry to to be better. And I think it also works from a funding standpoint with the you know screen australia um, they're actually changing the producers offset at the moment um, or they're hoping to change it so that it allows for uh, streaming services which will be amazing because at the moment there's a huge issue with um, distributing films within australia because australian audiences don't actually go to the cinema so and, and basically for you know filmmakers and producers, we are relying on these funding bodies uh, but if we can't get our films into cinemas then we can't get the um, we can't get the funding for it. So at the moment they're hopefully going to change it to uh, streaming services where we're, uh, we're able, able to get you know the producer offset uh, if we're if we've got some sort of expression of interest from a streaming service. Um, and that's how people are viewing content these days. So hopefully, you know, Screen Australia um, and all the funding bodies can kind of catch up with where the the industry is trending in terms of how people are viewing content.
0: Uh, I hope, I'm hoping given we've really only got the one service, which is Stan.
1: Yeah. That
0: yep. Hopefully given, like they just picked up the Disney-Marvel deal, which is quite a big deal, and that would have probably cost mm. a lot. So I'm hoping in the fact that that would have cost the heat to actually lock down from Netflix of all all services to take it from. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a big move by an Australian company. So hopefully in that regard, we can see a lot more frequent Stan originals such as Netflix does already, where they're pretty much releasing a Netflix mm. original almost every week. And yep. in the case of Tidelands, that was... See that was another thing the Australian critics just jumped on straight away, which yep. is like it's our first Australian original. It's not going to be perfect yeah. first go. Yeah, like, I yeah. loved it. Like as yep. as a because and this is something I'm mentioning to you off air was yep. like Australian content in general. We seem to shy away from like the and like there's probably part of to do with censorship but, like, the nudity, Mm. the stuff that's actually essential as Tidelands does. And I think that's something that a lot of them are jumping on and saying, oh, it's, you know, it's like a knockoff of this film or it's a knockoff of that. I just saw it as, well, we've got Siren on Foxtel. That one's American. This is our Siren. Mm. This is our Australian Siren. It's got Mm -hmm. a solid Australian cast, as well as a partly international cast. I mean, Mm. to get Elsa Pataki, who funnily enough, is married to Chris Hemsworth of Australian, mm. as you're saying, get some Australian people back here. That, mm. would, that would be awesome. You know, have someone like Chris pop up. Even if it's cameo, mm. the buzz it would create around him. Yeah. Like, I mean, you obviously don't want to distract like they did with their Sheeran in Game of Thrones and just full-on take <laughs> you out of the experience. See,
1: for yes, me, that didn't, yeah. it
0: didn't do that for me, but there was a lot of people that mm. did. And so I think yeah. the fact that if we can do that such as you're saying, like, Elizabeth came back and did the Ketrid incident, that was pretty good. Mm. But yeah. my, most of the time, the work's over in America. What we need yep. to have happen is the work needs to be here. And mm. I'm hoping that in the case of when they had Pirates and Thor Ragnarok, that mm. the government can start incentivizing a little bit better to do some Australian productions here. Mm. You know, that's a lot that's stacked up with the US because quite often the popular content, so to speak, that it's out there... Something like Red Dog or the Sapphires, and it's usually like mm. so Australian. It's
1: yeah, it's almost yeah.
0: to me, it's almost satire level almost, yeah, and it's just yeah. like you you really milk in this Australian thing. Like
1: yeah, just have it yeah. be set
0: in Australia. You know, like mm. like the Ketchum incident is yeah, like it, like because I know where it is, it feels like that to me. But it's the sort of series that if you don't know the area, could be filmed anywhere. And that's a yeah. sort of vibe that we need to start going for it, rather than mm-hmm. really full on milking. You
1: know, yeah, you know, we've got this
0: location or the Sydney Harbour Ridge in yeah. every single shot. It's like, yes, that's popular, but how about making something where you don't recognize it? You know, like the gift, yeah. I couldn't tell you where that is. It's assumedly yeah. Washington, D.C., but
1: yeah.
0: it could be absolutely anywhere. And so it's the sort of thing where we need to start actually. Like I've spent some of my own script that, scripts that I like to turn into a film, but again, funding, support, all that sort of mm-hmm. thing, there's not mm-hmm. that much of in Tasmania, which is really sad. I think we've got Screen in Tasmania, but I remember yeah, I think yep. that place may have closed down and merged with something. So like we've got very little support down here to motivate those of us to want to write, want to direct, want to produce. Yep. To actually go out and do it, because there's no real incentive now to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, at least
0: uh, Mona may take it for Dark Mofo, you never know. But other mm-hmm. than that, as I said, we've got no film festivals to even try that. Most of yeah. our reason is put it on YouTube and hope someone sees it. Which yeah. there needs to be better Stop. options, such as, you know, have Stan have it like a submission or a competition mm-hmm. of some sort, and the winner goes, on stand, the, goes streaming on Stan as an original. Like like well, you know what
1: would be cool. We, we we actually, I mean, partly our company. So I work for a production company called Continuance Pictures, um, and we've just we've seen that there is kind of a gap there in terms of that, um, particularly within Australia, just because the funding bodies aren't focused and on that sort of stuff because. They've only got so much money and, you know, they've, they've got to keep producing Australian content. But we've started up an initiative where we're funding uh, five to eight short films a year and then taking them around to the A-list festivals in the world um, so that they, uh, they get a good premiere. And those short films, uh, part of the requirement is that they have a, a feature script or a TV script already written so basically on the back of the festival premiere they can uh we can kind of sell the scripts onto uh bigger productions with the distributors um so that's kind of something continuance pictures uh, are launching uh, at the moment so you can always check that out on our website um p- continuance um because we we do think that the Uh, young filmmakers and emerging writers are not getting any opportunity. There's lots of amazing kind of skill and and quality um, kind of writing out there, but there's just nowhere to take it within Australia. Um, You know, and I think you're right in terms of like the streaming services, um, you know, like Netflix and Stan, they they have, you know, they have started dipping their toes into the water of Australian content. Have you seen Bloom? on, on stand No,
0: yeah. yes I actually had to yeah. cancel the subscription because it kind of broke at the moment but yeah, that's, right. um I, I had heard about it and I'd heard good things
1: yeah um, yep
0: and so that was that was something I think they did well with we picnic at hanging rock was they had Natalie dormer and then the rest was Australian cast which was mm-hmm. I think that was a very similar approach the tide Lanes did which I mm-hmm. really appreciated was they had an actress that you know wasn't going to that could perform really well, such as Natalie did. Like, she was mm-hmm. bone-chillingly good. And because I'd only mm-hmm. seen her in Game of Thrones and Hunger Games, really, and so I wasn't really cross. And then she just put in a really killer performance that was just really, really intriguing. And mm-hmm. it was... Because that was what I mean by, like, the whole cast, it... We, we've got the... It had, like, the nudity, but it wasn't gratuitous. And that's what a lot of it is sort mm. of it feels like a lot of ones try to dodge and like they'll cut away quite deliberately I mean I think Home and Away is probably yeah. most guiltiest of that although yeah. it's a prime yeah. time thing but still
1: it's, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. it's sort of like we will draw the line here and we yeah. can't swear we can't do this and it's like yeah. well I think that's why a lot of them worked you know like Clamp mm. Man like in mm. like I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of some other Australian originals on stand that just work. yeah Really well in that mm. regard, and look I've got some ideas. Some some may have some rights attached to it that I have to check out. But yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, no one's touched this idea yet.
1: Mm, like, I'd mm. love to
0: do it, but yeah. like, there's there's a actress and model in Hobart that I'd love to work with, um, mm, mm. and because she's works behind the camera, and we're going, let's do something together, because she put yeah. out a short film when she was in college last year. That was just really good. And yeah, it, it was, I said to her, this is the sort of stuff that I'd love to see because it was set in like a office setting. It was a short film, yeah. but it was yeah. lo- like played into paranoia and phobias and everything. And it was so unique in the fact that it was something I hadn't seen come out of Australia yet because usually you've got the same old, you know, bickering roommates or the attempted comedy mm. or whatever. Whereas this was very much like, you know, it was it was quite clearly a short film. There was, you know, there's no mm. doubt about it. But it was it was very unique coming from a Tasmanian, coming from Australia in general to see mm. that sort of thing. I was like that. Yeah. That is something I wanted to see more of. Want to do more <laughs> of. Like, get some. That's why I jumped on cursed when I did because it was. Mm. It's something that's unique to what we usually mm. put out consistently, which is comedy yep. after comedy, because for some reason, yeah. you know, Americans think we're just downright hilarious. But, like, that's just something that we delve into way too much. And mm. it's, not, it's not a knock on your comedy, because yours is very much a different sort of comedy. It's like yeah. yep. we only – there was a recent series, I think, with Peter yeah, Helio and Lisa McCune I might have been. And I was like, we yeah, oh, yeah. just yeah. really got repeating the same methods of – Mm. Let's let's do a domestic or like a domestic house setting with a husband mm. and wife and a comedy setting. Yeah. Let's do that. And like, it's so repetitive that it's almost just. That's what the world expects Australia put out now, and that's what I want to see yep. is you know, put out something like Once Upon a Time or, put out mm. something unique, something mythical, you know, something different. Mm. And that's that's why I hopefully this year. On wanting to develop past Fan One Land past podcasts and start doing, like, some audio stuff and hopefully even, you know, take, like, the FBE channel on YouTube where they sort of started out as YouTubers and then they're now developing films. Like, that's the mm, sort of thing mm. I want to do is, you know, do podcasts, do some films, do some different content, just do, like, this digital content mm. platform almost of just different stuff of you know, being able to get some artists' work out there or get a director's work out there, something to that effect. Yep. Because really, we've got YouTube and Stan, and that's, like, the extent of our basis here. Like, the, you don't see, yep. you know, channels, like, coming down to Tassie and going, you know, like, do a competition of some sort. Like,
1: like mm, you were saying, mm. the
0: incentive you've got, which is really good, and yep. we'll link that in the description, whether you listen, mm, mm. And that's the sort of thing yep. that we need some more of. Like,
1: totally. that, that was... And- and that's the thing, hey, is that that they're, the, you know, the, particularly the networks, they're not taking risks in terms exactly. of content. Yeah. And so it's something needs to change. Yeah. So that's something that our company's really trying to do is provide the opportunity for, um, you know, exciting new stuff that really isn't getting produced here. Um, but you know, there's a lot of passionate kind of. Uh, creatives that are willing to get behind that sort of work, um, you know, because it's just something we haven't been exposed to here. Um, and we need, you know, risk takers is the biggest issue. That's that's right. I mean, we're so we're out
0: there clearly.
1: It's, exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think that's the best way is to 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 start writing and to start, you know, you know, podcasting or or um, or creating kind of short films or skits or or anything to do with that, uh, that kind of can kind of direct you into finding really what the idea or the world of the, you know, story is. Um, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, you par- partner up with some producers who have those uh, that access to... Uh, different distributors and so that's kind of what we're um, intending to be for Australians and it's it's like, it's one of those things that, um, you know, hopefully the funding bodies catch up and um, I think that really relies on, you know, how much money they're getting to, to pump into the arts. So, I, th- you know, I'm, I'm really a strong advocate of, you know, getting governments in that, are going to um, help creatives um, because, that, again, it's something that forms our identity. And at, with the funding at the moment, like, yeah, we're, we're only sh- showing a small part of our identity of Australians, um, like you said, and and sometimes that can come off as very typical um, and really isn't the lives we're leading at the moment. Um You know, because we're a very diverse nation. Um, So it would be awesome to have that reflected in the content we're creating.
0: Yeah, and show that we can do other stuff besides be funny. Because, like, that's, you know, there's these... And it feels like we're very much stereotyping ourselves in the work we're currently putting out. And that's very much agreeing with you. And that is something we sorely need to change because... You know, there's, there's loads of content ideas that probably a lot of us have, but there's the no support, and that's mm, quite something mm. I've been vocal about, especially to one of the local MPs that represent us, is that yep. not only is there no support for youth, whether it be in Hobart or Tasmania in general, or Australia, like there's no mental yep. health support, and then, as, mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. we'll point out now, there's also it seems to be very little art funding, and like yeah. when it comes yeah. to elections and everything, they're always like, oh, you know, we're we're going to put this much into health, and then, but you never see it come out the other side and actually benefit the people mm-hmm. that need it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's a bit of a shame because, and I mean, it's very much the same with like LGBTQIA films. There's couldn't even really name one off the top of my head that's come out of Australia, and yet I can name several that's come out of America.
1: Mm, And mm. I think
0: that's really reflective of the fact that not only did Australia end up voting yes for same-sex marriage, there's also the fact that there's nothing content-wise that we're putting out that shows, hey, we're up to Mm. date, We're, we're totally on board with this, like America's doing. They're like, yeah, it's it's almost commonplace now that we just expect to see it in nearly every show we watch from America. Whereas when it comes mm. to Australia, like, I think they had, I literally was saying to mum recently, I was like, oh, what happened to the gay character they had on Home and Away? And it's like, oh, he left ages ago. i we so they hype it up, have him on there for a couple of months and then get rid of him. Mm. Like, mm. it's really representative of who we are as a culture still that mm. this is the only content we're seeing that is still very much adhering to the rules and as you said networks aren't taking risks and i think if we want to keep up with america keep up with the uk with all the content they're putting out then we need to really start picking it up because Mm. i think it was i believe it was a british one but it's a netflix original called sex education has nudity it deals with current topics Mm. it's got Mm. got several gay characters even Mm. and i'm like well this is the stuff we need to be putting out
1: Mm. You know, and and that's the great thing about, um, I mean, some of the, uh, you know, the situation it puts creatives in is that they have no money and basically they just have to go out and do it. I mean, there's a a web series that was just shot up in Queensland called Two Weeks Um, and quite a lot of uh, my mates kind of worked on it or worked, you know, in it. and it's a, uh, a great um, LGBTQI um, uh, series. And I it's, I, I don't know, it's only been up for, say, a month or so. But it's, I, don't, I think it's clocked up, you know, close to a million views or whatever so far. And it's obviously the thirst for that sort of content is out there. Um, but it's interesting that they would have never got an opportunity with a network, they've kind of just had to go off and shoot it themselves. And hopefully, hopefully the networks or whoever they're pitching this to wake up and start to fund it for them. Um, but yeah, check that out too. It's called two weeks. Uh, it should be on YouTube.
0: Yeah. I just found it on YouTube. We'll link it in the description.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. That's,
0: that's something that I feel like that was how Camilla went really big was it started as a web series and then it sort of picked up track on Twitter and then it just really blew up and then got itself a movie. So I think it's, mm, and mm. that feels very much the only option is that we can't take risks. We can't mm. – we've got to sort of adhere to what's standard already because no one's going to support it. So I think in the mm. fact that you're starting up this initiative, which is really cool and definitely chat to you about it later, is there's yeah, something awesome. that needs to be happening more. And because just thinking on it as you were talking – that was something that the government really only did when Ketrin came down to film and they did this big, you know, big deal on the news and they like, we're going to fund this production because it's local, it's been filmed in Ketrin. I'm going, yes, but you wouldn't make this sort of deal for a smaller short film or anything, which
1: mm.
0: I know mm. it's the state government, I know they haven't got a great deal of money, but they could put something to the arts in effect like that where mm. we do do stuff like that, where we can film stuff like that, have something, you know like a studio or something where aspiring filmmakers mm. can, like, hire out equipment, you know, that's not going to break their bank and, or, you know, even make it like the library or something where they take responsibility for it, they pay for it if it breaks or whatever, just have something set up like that so filmmakers can learn and grow and do stuff with others. But instead, mm, mm. that's not happening. And
1: nah, it's, nah.
0: it's really a shame and hopefully something that will change. Whether, you know, people listening to this mm. podcast is something that it will be, something that may help change it in some way, even if it changes one person.
1: Mm.
0: As what I That's say, right. if, if it can affect one person, whether it be, mm. you know, whether it be a, for an artist and someone sees their work for the first time and it's just one person, there's still one more person yep. who didn't know about it before and
1: mm. we can help mm.
0: make, make that change in some way and yep. make, Definitely. change that the better, it'd be really good because Definitely. I feel there's a lot of things, and having, having seen the pilot, which we'll also link in the description, Where we're mm. listening, it's very much a fresh approach to Aussie comedy that doesn't involve dick jokes, mm. or really crude, unfunny jokes, which I think is
1: yeah, really yeah.
0: refreshing in the fact that the cast of funny without it being forced funny,
1: which mm, I feel is mm. fairly
0: common, again, with yeah. Australian content, it is I feel it's very forced, it's like I said, yeah. I think the term's canned laughter. It's very
1: yeah, yeah. forced.
0: <laughs> it's now laugh everyone. Whereas yeah, you generally yeah. laugh because it's actually funny. And so mm-hmm. I think that's something that's really, really rare about first, which is Thanks. what what a, what a why I got into it and really liked it. And for all of the least, the cast is stacked with actors like Cleo Massey from H2O, Just That Water, and coincidentally from a Stan original, Head Above Water, Elliot Loney, and... Pretty sure I'm pronouncing this right, Neil.
1: Yeah.
0: Kowitka. Yeah, Colicar. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And right. and Neil, which we'll get to shortly because he's comedy gold. Um, yeah. And for one, th- there's one thing I've noticed is that the promotional team really went extra by giving Neil's character a full blown Instagram account, of which I'm yeah. aware he's because <laughs> we're recording this on the, the 13th of January for those listening. There, he's yep. actually doing a live stream tonight. I noticed. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure whether it's just him as an actor or whether there is, and you might be able to feel this be better, they're legitimately yeah. driving up the hype by having him just go the extra mile <laughs> and embody the character yeah. in an Instagram profile. Well,
1: yeah, so basically, I mean, he came up with this character with Connor uh, for the show Called Charles, and it started as a um, basically a a real estate assistant um, who was just uh, basically uh, he he was just full of shit, really. And he was just basically. Yeah, he was a coffee boy, and and but he thought he was the next big thing, you know, the best salesman around, the next entrepreneur, um, and so he he basically has taken that character, and he's he I think he does daily uploads.
0: Yeah, I think um, he does from what I've seen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he basically uh he, he kind of is telling people how they should run their businesses and how uh how they should kind of. Uh, be, you know, tech moguls and, and entrepreneurs and, and how he lives his life and his thoughts about money and finance and, and you know, capturing the world and, and uh, you know, his his kind of take on life. Um, and it, it really takes the mickey out of all those kind of entrepreneurs like um, Gary V, um, you know, who, who are kind of constantly uploading things to, to you know, Say go out and get it, get, you know. Don't don't let any anyone uh, stop you, and all these kind of really hugely motivational and and sometimes you know uh, not so practical things. Uh, so he, he's he's really run with it, and there's there's some hilarious content. Um, his his Instagram I think is Charles D Success. If you want to check it out, um, you can also check out our um, stuff on. Uh, on curse at at curse show, um, we're kind of on all platforms as well.
0: And because uh, I think today's was he was talking to a girl called Amy about a breakup, and then it was just like, and then get your picture of your ex and stab it with a knife. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just sort of the random stuff, and that's just sort of content. I mean, it's funny Aussie comedy that you'd expect from Aussies, but it's not the forced attempted mm-hmm. at comedy. That I
1: think, mm, mm. although I think
0: he's really going method acting to a whole new level by just doing <laughs> yeah. this daily. And so when, yeah, I'm assuming when Curse comes along, he's just going to promote it like crazy. But it's just one yeah. of well, it's, it's just funny to see the content he puts up because, as you said, it's literally taking the mickey out of everyone else. But
1: yeah, yeah,
0: that's precisely what Australians do, and he's doing it well.
1: And he's uh, yeah, he's. he's sort of, I think he's even got a he's got a stand up tour coming around. Um, not surprising. Quite. Yeah, so I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, miss that. If you get an opportunity, I think Charles D will probably f- uh, feature in that as well. So yeah, check him out for sure. And I, th- I
0: think there's a another another thing I've noticed is also just with the promotional team in general, they reminded me a lot of the Deadpool marketing team putting in an extra effort because they also mm. re- did the Demon release video on YouTube, which is probably the first time I've seen you on screen yet. Yeah, yeah. Which was yep. when and. He was doing the ritual in the pilot, which, as I said, we'll link. And that was, and then you accidentally released the spirit. And I'm, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. it's just another a comedy bit. I'm, that's I'm that's saying right. I'm assuming because it was literally trained to an actress before you that full on thought they may have summoned natural demons.
1: So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, yeah. I mean, or as well, I incantations think... is the question. Well, I mean, I, I uh, they could have been, but uh, no, that that was kind of a, a bit of a marketing uh, ploy, and um, which is just really yeah, terrible, we, to be honest. we yeah we just we just kind of got in front of the camera, all of the cast crew, and that was what it was like on set. People were just you know very open to to joke around and to do anything, and all these actors are like incredible at. Um, and improvising. So, I mean, so some of the stuff you see in the pilot is really just stuff they've, they've come up with on the spot, um, So, which is a great environment to work with because it just kind of can lead anywhere. Um, it, it's really tough to edit, though, um, because nothing is on script and, you know, it's hard to really uh, edit down the content but it that's the vibe that connor and i wanted to to definitely have for the series so um there's some really funny stuff that comes in later in the series uh which we're really excited about
0: and I just want to briefly touch on watch the sunset which from memory has won awards correct
1: yeah that's right so watch the sunset is uh was my uh directorial debut at uh, in a feature film. And so it's a, uh, an 83-minute film that's shot in one take um, and it goes to nine different locations in a small regional town in uh, Victoria called Kerrang. Uh, and basically the, the plot is a, it's about a, a bikey gang member who's escaped the gang and he's reunited with his family uh, but then his daughter is kidnapped and this all unfolds in the one shot um, over 83 minutes in the town. And I won't let you know what um, what ends up happening, but uh, that'll be released uh, in a couple of months yeah, within Australia. So definitely uh, check that out if you get an opportunity. Um, it's called Watch the Sunset.
0: Now We should also note that there's a cursed short which we'll also link. We're going to have a lot of links for you if you're listening, so <laughs> yeah. you have to check them all out. And this is, this is a pretty key one for you, and honestly quite envious that you managed to pull it off. George from Shepherd, for also listeners, you know who Shepherd is. If you don't, Google it. If you don't watch the short, that'll absolutely tell you. And it turns out yeah. George can actually act really well. And mm-hmm. again, it was opposite Charles, so it was literally comedy banter. And that's pretty much, if you're going to watch it in order, watch the short, and then watch the actual pilot episode, because then it'll make sense who Charles is, and it'll all tie in to itself quite nicely.
1: Because mm, the one mm.
0: Shepherd's sort of a little... I'm going to assume it's set prior, correct? Set prior to the... That's right,
1: yeah. yes. So it's sort of like yeah. a
0: leading prequel to the yep. actual series itself, which... And from what Tristan's told me, George will feature in the series as well, which is pretty cool. But he's literally himself, and Charles just basically makes quip, like, do you know how to play guitar? And he's like, uh, yes. And he's like, oh, Charles, like, I'm sure you don't. And then so it even <laughs> cuts with footage of Shepard performing. And it's just it's just done cuts so well that it's it, I never would have thought George would actually be funny. In that yeah. regard, but just, the way he just deadpan delivers in like, yeah, a little bit, and it
1: just,
0: it just. <laughs> George works so
1: George well. is actually hilarious. I feel like George could be a comedian. He he is a really talented dude, um, and he uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually did acting with George years and years ago, and he um, he started. I, I think he's always kind of been into music, but his kind of music career took off. Uh, but he's He's a trained actor and not many people know that. But um, George is, yeah, a very good actor and really, uh, really good comedically. So uh, it would be amazing to have him feature in, you know, any series. I think that that's something that, uh, you know, obviously he's quite busy and it, this that shoot particularly just timed really well. Uh, but I can see George being involved in like, you know, big productions because he's, um, he's really a talent. Uh, there's actually a, a, a concept I have, which I haven't even talked to him about, so I don't even know if he'll be interested or not. But um, do you know the uh, oh, is it The Wedding Crashes? Oh, no, no. Um, what's that? What's that film where there's like a, a hilarious um, wedding band? Um, it's like one of those yeah it's one of those kind of American films anyway I would love to get him involved in some sort of like um, concept to do with a wedding band Um, I just think he could it would be absolutely hilarious to have Shepard in that context Um, and George you know mucking around like he can do so well Um, but yeah that's something for the future Obviously. Well, hopefully, if
0: listens to this, then he <laughs> <it> might, <laughs> might get back to you and say yes. Yeah, but, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So it's it's something that I think is it's starting to happen a little more because I know, like I said, there was sex education. They had Ezra Furman, I think, and then for like Greece Live, they had DNCE. So I think it's starting to be a bit more like bands are quite often willing to do acting occasionally, depending on you know how keen they are.
1: Or mm-hmm. even feature
0: in a TV show or what have you. And so I think yeah. there's something like that. And because I wasn't expecting, you know, George to be like that good at doing comedy. And I was like, okay, mm. okay, this is something yeah. to consider. And that's what I want to bring up here. Because for anyone that's going to listen, you know, they'll go, oh, George George can act. And then go watch it and like, okay, he's actually kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Because most yeah. people just
0: know the band side of it, which is what everyone's used to. Um, mm-hmm. And... I mean the, the fact that is it he may potentially end up going to Eurovision is a huge deal for like for an Aussie band like that's you know that's a, that's a big dream like that's yeah that'd be that'd be amazing but like there's that sort of there's that sort of thing that you know Australia's starting to sort of get into I think which is good starting um, mm. to cover the international audience in that regard but still, mm. I mean as we've discussed there's still a long way to go. Um,
1: Definitely.
0: I think this. Do you have a dream director or producer project that you really want to do, besides the one with George that you just mentioned?
1: Um. Oh,
0: like a series that you want to direct, or a project of your own that you really want to do?
1: Well, um, we've got a few like uh, within our slate of films, um, and one is uh, which is getting scripted at the moment. Uh, it's called Toots, and it's about Australia's first female truck driver um, and and so back in the 70s in North Queensland, uh, this woman wanted to drive trucks and uh, it, it was a very, very tough road for her um, and she was quite the character um, and she was basically challenging men and, you know, in all sorts of stuff to do with truck driving. Um, so that's kind of one on our slate. We've got, we've got a quite a few I'm I'm directing a film called isolation this year uh which is a uh horror a supernatural horror and I don't know if any of the listeners will have heard of um the Korean film The Wailing um but it's on Netflix at the moment but it's uh, it's very uh very similar to to uh Korean cinema like that uh where it's constantly keeping the audience guessing uh, about the supernatural entities, um, so I mean, there's quite a few on the on the uh, on the list to do, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't have a dream one just at the moment. That's something I have to think about for sure.
0: Is there is there something that as an actor, the actor side of you wants to do, wants to be in?
1: Oh, I, I I grew up watching like Pacino and De Niro quite a lot, so. I mean, if, if I was ever to like act with someone, I think doing a scene with either of those guys, uh, would be just incredible. I think they're getting pretty old now, though, <laughs> which, you know, yeah yeah. Pro- yeah, yeah, which probably wouldn't be the same. Um, but, you know, those guys, I think that, that, those sort of gangster movies, um, that they kind of were in their prime. I'm, I really like that sort of content. So, um it'd be cool to you know that uh i don't know if you've seen the movie heat you've seen that michael mann movie mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so de niro sits across the table from pacino and they have this kind of really uh crazy conversation uh kind of midway through the movie um i mean that is that would be my dream scene to act in um check it out it's probably there's probably like Whole bunch of memes and stuff on online about um, the heat scene with De Niro and Pacino, but that's uh, that's a very cool um, kind of acting experience. Um, if if I was to ever get one like that,
0: one one thing I've been doing with guest recently is using three words to describe something. So, how would you describe *Cursed* in three words?
1: Before anyone watches, uh, i say. Yeah, I'd say it's, um, it's outrageous, um, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, horrific and it's, uh, what else? What else? How else would I describe it? I'd say, um, it's spontaneous.
0: Yeah, that mm. that sounds about right. Mm, mm. It sounds about, it fits with does what it's the that, that yeah, 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 yeah. Does is that is that hit the nail on the head? Pretty pretty much, I think it hits, yeah. it, hits it pretty accurately as to yeah how I describe it. Probably yeah. It like, just awesome. it's, it's just so uniquely different. I think to mm. what are, what Australians is actually expected from.
1: Hmm. Mm. I'm glad. I'm glad that's it's kind of being viewed that way. That's really cool.
0: Thank you for giving up your time to chat with us today.
1: No, no stress. Thanks for, for having me.
0: Our listeners cursed is coming soon with a teaser and pilot on YouTube now, which can be found in the episode description wherever you're listening. And watch the sunset as Tristan has said will be released later this year, so we'll likely retweet a lot of the a lot of our guest things, so just keep an eye on our social media. And we'll also link Tristan's social media as well as Cursed in the description. I've been your host long Side Tristan, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, cheers.